Jeff Burnham. And we are coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. And what are we talking about this time, given Thanksgiving, when we will have eaten turkey and broccoli and mashed potatoes and pie and cranberry sauce and all of that stuff? What are we talking about? Stephen King's Cat's Eye. (laughs) And how does this relate? Well, Dad likes to do anthology films for Thanksgiving because they're a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything, that's right. Pile your plate high with all the weirdness. Some of it's better than others, right? Some stories will be better, some stories will be weaker. Just like, you know, if you go to a family get-together, which may be difficult this year given the pandemic, but any time that you go, you know that some stuff is really good, other stuff's okay. Here at the Monkey Farm, when we stay home and do our Thanksgiving, of course, Cadaver Mom's cooking is amazing. And then but Dad when, you makes know, the cranberry sauce. And I do make the cranberry sauce. That is true. That's that's my big thing. That's my thing. <laughs> so this is kind of our horror feast yeah. <laughs> episode. Cat's Eye. So it's an anthology film. For any listeners who might not know what an anthology film is, why don't you explain that? An anthology film is where it's a film that <laughs> norm. <laughs> yes. Um, an anthology film is where you have multiple stories, mm-hmm. but in one movie, and yes. it just keeps going. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And typically, you'll have a framing device or something like that, you know, kind of tying them all together. Yeah, like something that you follow. Yeah, you'll have in say Tales from the Dark Side the movie. Somebody telling the stories. In Tales from the Crypt, you'll have a crypt keeper, you know. In Cat's Eye, uh, what's our binding narrative device? It's the cat. The cat whose eye is in the title, yes. Yep. So this is, yes, written by Stephen King and directed by Louis Teague. Louis Teague also directed Cujo. Louis Teague directed... A number of other movies that I am a big fan of, including Avalanche and primarily Alligator. So, Louis Teague's pretty darn good. Both of those are Robert Forster movies, as it happens. But anyway, so Louis Teague, director of Cujo, directed Cat's Eye. Um, And then we've got, starring in the movie, just worth mentioning, is Drew Barrymore. She's another one of our kind of binding narrative elements. She's in a few of the stories or at least she pops up throughout she plays like uh, one character's daughter and then she's like the main focus of the third story right yeah and like it's just we're following this cat on a journey to like help this kid basically and then it's like we're following this cat on a journey and then it just happens that all the stories end up with the cat 
having something to do with it. Yeah, the cat ends up involved in these weird scenarios. You're right. <laughs> this whole thing is really about the cat's journey to Drew Barrymore's final character in the film, which is weird because how does the cat end up on this journey? Do you remember this? Um, it's like the cat was being chased by a dog and just is chased by it and then jumps into a truck trying to hide from the dog and then comes out of the truck and like where is it it's in some city yeah and then goes over to a dummy and we like see the last character's face telling the cat like it's after me help me and then the cat gets captured yeah so (laughs) the cat has a vision (laughs) the cat has like (laughs) i don't know like a psychic vision (laughs) of drew barrymore's character calling for its help. Of course, the weird thing is, later on, Drew Barrymore's character doesn't know anything about the thing that's threatening her. So the fact that... No, she knows that it's there. But that's She it. fears that it's there. She thinks that there are monsters or whatever. But, like, she doesn't know that there's this threat. And so the cat's just having this weird, like, <laughs> trippy vision of this kid who needs help. And so it's going on this journey, right? Yeah, and somehow it knows where she is. Yeah, yeah, it gets there uh, at length. I should mention, okay, before we get any deeper into this, all right, so that's the weird setup, and we'll get into the individual stories. But before we do, let's talk parental guidance, because this movie is rated PG-13. Parents strongly cautioned. I thought it was PG. I don't know how I thought it was PG when clearly it says on the back PG-13. Very strange. Uh, There is some swearing, there are adult themes and scenarios, there is one threat made against one of the characters' wives that is highly upsetting, Uh, and uh, I won't get into that, but you can imagine. Alistair totally missed it, because I think we were yammering away about the cat or whatever, because that's most of what we did was talk about the cat and the animals. There's also murder and violence or whatever. Not a lot of on-screen murder, though. I mean, a little bit. Like, there's a little bit of blood, but it's not gory or anything, right? There's one severed head in one in, one I, spot. Like, I don't it's, think it's there brief. was that much murder. No, really? there's a, and it's a couple shootings, right? It's a couple shootings. But uh, it's mm. honestly, I thought it was PG. So I don't know. The head's not even that scary. No, just that's the like other a, thing. Just looks like a dummy head. It isn't even bleeding. Oh, well, yeah. The third story is very fairy tale-ish. It's very childlike. And so to my mind, this movie has always been a kid's movie, weirdly, because I grew up watching it. I watched this all the time as a kid. And yeah. when I was your age, I probably watched this movie three times a year, easy, on television, anytime it was on. Mostly for the last story, but I also liked the second story. The first story, I, I didn't remember at all. I don't like the first... I'm actually kind of like you. I do like the second story. The first story, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the weakest, but as an adult, I appreciate it more. So let's get into those with parental guidance out of the way. Watch it before you show it to your kids. But let's get into the individual stories. The first story is about Quitters, Inc. So what's going on there? So somebody um, wants to, like, um, quit smoking. And then 
Yeah. Uh, played by James yeah. Woods, who's in my favorite movie, Videodrome, and is a public personality nowadays that is, uh, let's just put it, highly contentious, uh, James Woods, in the public eye right now. So, uh, but even still, in the 80s, you know, uh, maybe we didn't... I mean, I was one year old when this movie came out, but uh, so I didn't know anything about James Woods and his uh, anti-humanist politics back then. So Quitters Inc. Yes, he wants to quit smoking. What does he do? Um, he goes to this like place. I yeah, it's think. like a company yeah. in the eighties. There were all these companies, these like self-help companies that promised to help you lose weight, quit smoking, grow hair back, all of this kind of stuff. And this is sort of a riff on that. You know, this is, we're going to help you quit smoking. And how do they do that? Well, I don't remember the threat, but... What do they What yeah. do they say the first thing they're going to do is if he smokes another cigarette? And this is a cold turkey approach, right? They're not about patches or gum or anything like that and the occasional cigarette to wean you off. They want you to stop cold turkey. And if you smoke another cigarette, what are they going to do to your wife? Um, do what they did to the cat. Cause Which is? Put it in, like, a little electric chamber. They put music on. And then, like, electric shocks, I think, go yeah. up. Yeah, it's a room with an electrified floor. And they say, the first time you smoke a cigarette, and we'll know, we're going to put your wife in this room. And they show... James Wood's character, the cat, the titular cat, in the room, and there's an electrified floor, and they turn on music, and then the cat starts hopping around, right? And it's supposed to be being electrocuted. And so they're going to do that to his wife. And that's the first offense. And the second offense is, like, we're going to put your daughter in the room. And then... Worse and worse. And then I worse think. and worse. Yeah, basically, they say, if you keep going, we're gonna, it's going to get worse and worse every single time you smoke a cigarette. You know, and there's like no way out of it. <laughs> he can't quit this program. Yeah. I wasn't that much into it. Yeah. I mean, and I understand that. It's not really yeah. a kid's story at all. It's just like, really, he smokes a, like, a cigarette and then his wife gets put in that chamber. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then it's done. It. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. It's got some great visuals. He goes to this party where everybody's smoking and it turns into this kind of like hallucinatory scene where people are all smoking like 50 cigarettes and singing and dancing. And it's like this hallucination that brought on by nicotine withdrawal or something. I don't know. It's totally fine. Not something that would interest kids, frankly. So we can move on from that. Yeah. What's the second story, though? second one is where um, it's about, like, a gamble, basically. Yeah. Kind of. And it's, like, like a lawyer. I don't know who it, what he does. You mean the guy, the older guy? Yeah. He is, like, a gambler. He might own a casino. I don't remember I, the specifics. No, he might own a casino. But, but he's, a, he's a huge gambler. Yeah. You know, he's super rich. He has, like, a wife, but then his... Uh, um, his wife has a boyfriend. Yeah. So and then, he's and he's like a rich, evil gambler. And he's like yeah. evil. 
And then they bet that the cat will or won't make it across a road when there's cars. Yeah, he's willing to bet on anything, right? We learned this right off the bat. This guy will bet on anything. And so he bets this other guy who's with him, a friend of his, that, again, the titular cat who's now in Atlantic City, right? It's in Atlantic City, is going to get across the road and the other guy says that it's going to get hit. And so they gamble on it, you know? And the cat, of course, lives because the cat's got to make it through the rest of the movie. And so that's how the cat ends up involved in this story. But you're right. Yes, his wife has a boyfriend, her and then... tennis instructor. She's looking to get out of a relationship with a super evil guy. Yeah. And then, like, when she goes on a bus, they kidnap her boyfriend, basically? Yeah, he sends her away because he's going to go get the rest of his money so he can join her later. But... Her husband catches him first. And so then this leads to the big central set piece of this story, right? And each of these stories is like 30 minutes long. So then this set piece is what? Like the big evil guy is like, if you can make it around this, then I'll give you like thousands, I think. A whole like, bag of cash. Yeah. yeah and in my wife. So then... You know, um, around what, though? Like, let's... Around a, a building, like, thousands of feet in the air, It's like basically. It's like 20 stories up or something. Something and, like that. And, and the building has a barely edge to walk on. Yeah. Like, and it's hard to walk on. And there's like so many weird looks. inch Yeah, and there's weird structures. So the bet, though, yeah. is that if... The tennis instructor can make it around the building on this ledge. He gets the money and the evil guy's going to let his wife run away with the tennis instructor. The problem is, like you said, the ledge is almost non-existent. It's like five inches wide and most of the building doesn't even have handholds. Yeah. But then the way that the building is structured, he's got to go around all these corners and the wind hits it in weird ways. So it's super windy and he can yeah. get blown off. There's a bird that keeps pecking at his foot, right? Uh-huh. And, like, it's just a pigeon, but, like, it keeps pecking, and he almost falls off, and it just won't go away. It keeps pecking and it, at, like, his sock and literally makes a hole that starts bleeding. Yeah, pecks right into his flesh, man. So that, I love this sequence. I, it's really tense. Yeah. And we won't spoil what happens in the end. I mean, you can kind of make some guesses, obviously, but we don't want to spoil yeah. any of the stories because no. if we're doing it on the show, then there's a high likelihood that we recommend it. And I do recommend Cat's Eye. It's a bit yeah. hokey in places. The music is kind of a bit strangely jaunty and happy a lot of times, but I do recommend it. So this story I like a lot. And then the third story is the big cat story. Yeah, basically, I don't know how... Or how long, it just doesn't make sense, but you just go with it. The cat makes it to where that is, even though, how does the cat know where she is? I have some kind of psychic link. I don't know, man. And this is also the story that ties this movie most closely into our show, because this is a story... Into Thanksgiving, a, too. Into Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we were joking about that. Um, and we'll come to that, but like... It's also got a, a God's Honest Monster in it. But what's the other tie to Thanksgiving here? 
the monster kills a bird. Basically. It eats a bird. Yeah. Eats a bird. Just and like since a turkey is a bird. Yep. <laughs> so we got Drew Barrymore finally. The Drew Barrymore character, the one who's been calling the cat psychically. And the cat shows up to help her. What kind of trouble is she in? There's like a little like troll monster that is so funny. Oh man, he's amazing. Yeah, just like a small troll with a little like hoodie with like bells on it. Oh, he's got like a jester hat with bells. Yeah. I mean, he's probably, I don't know, like six inches tall. Something like that. But really, it's just a guy in a suit and they just made a set with everything ginormous. Yeah, it's a forced perspective, right? You can make the troll look small. If you build all the props and to be huge, so they has have like, like five foot crayons. Yeah, and they have, and it has like a small, swervy, like little knife or something on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The troll has a knife. Like, but it's not really knife because it's so small. I mean, it's normal knife size from the perspective of the troll. But it's right? like probably like three inches three four inches something no the knife is definitely smaller than that the knife's yeah, maybe an inch like, long maybe yeah, but maybe. this troll what does it want with drew barrymore it tries to like suck out her breath yeah basically which yeah. ties into this uh old wives tale about cats because cats supposedly sit on your chest while you're sleeping and try to suck out your breath this is like the old wives tale that's kind of this folk belief you know and and this story plays on that because it's actually the troll that wants to do it Mm -hmm. right it plays on that because like the cat doesn't do it and the parents don't believe in the monsters so they always think it's the cat trying to do it or something and so the story centers on this battle between our cat, who by this point in the movie, Drew Barrymore has named General, and this troll that lives in the wall and like magically opens up the wall and comes out and then goes back in and magically closes it up. So it's like this magical creature that's trying to steal her breath and the cat that's trying to save her. And they always think whatever the troll does is the cat. Yeah, including eat the bird, right? Yeah. So making it harder and harder for the cat to succeed. And it's Tons of fun. I think this story yeah. is so much fun. This and is the like, story that I used to, to watch like the movie for. A pet like thing? Like a an adoption, I think. Oh yeah, place? they they send it and to then, a, um a center to be put to sleep, basically. They Yeah, and then Which uh, you know When oof, they try that, to that's a bummer. like give it food, jumps out, runs away, then fights the troll. Yep, race to the rescue to fight the troll. So it's a lot of fun, right? This is a film with a bunch of stories, three stories. Three stories, and also kind of, if you think about it, some things with a cat literally makes no sense. I'm like, wait, how far was it from there? If it was so (laughs) far away, couldn't she just go and get the cat? I mean... How does the cat know where she is? (laughs) Wouldn't it have taken too long? You gotta suspend your disbelief, man. You you just just have to go with it. You gotta go with it. Exactly. So, 
Let's talk about Beastly Best, all right? We at least reviewed the three stories briefly. Quitter's Inc. is perfectly fine. Uh, it works better for adults than kids, for sure. The second one, Mixed Bag, I don't know. I, I'm sure some kids wouldn't like it, but I think it's really intense. And as a kid, I liked it a lot. And then the third story is the one that the movie builds towards with this tiny troll living in the wall. So there are our capsule reviews of those, but let's talk Beastly Best. What is the best monster moment in this movie? I really like when the troll falls into the garbage can. Remember, like, the second time it comes out to try to steal her breath, it falls into a garbage can? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I I sure do. That's my favorite. That's my uh, beastly best. I think for me, it's the way that the troll comes out of the wall. Yeah, that's you know, pretty. It's not it's, like a hole in the wall. No. It sort of magically opens up. It yeah. creates a magical hole that it can seal up magically behind itself. I really like the ending. That's just my favorite part. Oh, the, the way. Okay. The way yeah, that the battle, the battle goes down is mm-hmm. amazing. Again, we won't spoil it, but the end of the battle is so great. I mean, again, as a kid, this movie, I watched it, also it all the time. It is one of the parts that you just have to go with it. <laughs> yes, yeah. It doesn't make total sense, but again, go with it. It's just too it's fun. It's also so funny that you don't realize it. Yeah, you don't even care. If, you, if you're watching it, you don't realize it. But then if you talk about it, you're like, that kind of doesn't make sense. But it's just so funny. It's too cool to question, you it's know? It's just too cool. So then, get spooked. Anything in here particularly spooky? Hmm. I do have to say that the second story is kind of scary. Uh, I agree. When they go to the roof. Yeah, the one that's on the ledge. On the, the Blu-ray says it's the 30th floor, by the way. Hmm. But, yeah, especially, that is really oof, Yeah, it's especially racing. scary for me because I am afraid of heights. Well, I mean, you handle them yeah, well. Yeah, I handle you, them. You're, you're it's fine. It's fine. If I just don't think about it, then I'm fine. Well, yeah. Remember, but... we went up on top of the lighthouse, you know, and we went around there, and there was the railing, and you were perfectly safe. Same thing on a ride. You go up, and you got the bar that comes down on your lap. You're perfectly safe. So, yeah, it's just, nothing to worry about. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. It's like, it's sometimes I'm scared, sometimes I'm not. Sure. Yeah. Well, do you have anything to bring up for Funny Bones? Anything in particular make you laugh? Um, <laughs> the end of it. Okay, so like, the, the, the end, end of the battle. Um, the troll itself is just the, hilarious. Yes, especially the end. Especially, like, especially, well, like... Well, you're getting real close to yeah, saying it, and I'm not going to let end. you say it. I'm not going to let you spoil it. I'm just going to say the end. That's the all end I was going to say. Yeah, it's hysterical. Yeah, it's hysterical. But I love when it's climbing up. To get on her bed and it's like, it's making these like weird troll noises. Yeah. And it's also, you have to go with it. Cause like, wait, why doesn't she wake up? How asleep is she? It's a magic you troll, dude. You just have to, yeah. Just magic. have to go with it. And I also like when he fell in the garbage can. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is also really funny. Now this is a bit tricky. Okay. So here we are with an anthology film. And 
We're coming now to Scream themes, to talk about a message or maybe multiple messages of the movie. And that's made difficult by the fact that these are three totally different stories. So, do you have a theme that connects them all, or do you see a couple different major themes that are in play here? Hmm. Okay, I might have to think about it, because yes, there will be three, but I might Think of one that ties them all together. Okay. Yeah. So, after an extended pause here, you've got some ideas. Yep. Let's hear it. So, for the first one, I'm thinking that um, if you sometimes, if you threat someone... Threaten. Threaten someone um, to make them stop doing something, it won't work. Because you're not helping them. You're making it harder. Oh, so like... I see, I see. So threats only make it more difficult for people to trust you or... Or Like, if you try to help someone, and if you try to stop someone from doing something that's bad for them, but you threaten them and say, Uh, if you do that then they'll do something bad it just makes it even harder because to that's not. yeah that's not that's not good faith communication right and that's a great message to take away from this because it really does make it more difficult for people to communicate and relate to each other when one side of a situation is making threats to the other person especially violent threats and let that be a lesson to you for life right If you threaten people, especially with violence, it's not going to result in what you want it to result in, unless what you want it to result in is you getting to do violent things, which makes you a bad person, Mm -hmm. right? So that's a great thing to take away from this. Really important lesson there. Mm -hmm. So there's a good one. You got other ones for the other stories then? Yep. Okay. So what do you got Um, for the second story? For the second story is if you make someone do something that is very hard and you have a promise you'll do something like if you do if you are really bad and if you force someone to do something and you say you'll give them something if they do that and you break that promise you'll just get the worst end of it gotcha so So if you don't keep your word mm -hmm. there will be consequences right karma We'll come like, back to bite you if in the you, butt. Yeah, like, if you break a promise, like, if you break a promise that is too, that is so, huh? Like, if you break a promise, you'll just get the worst end of it. Absolutely. So, then the third one, what do you see going on there? Um, The third one is sometimes if you think something is going to do something bad to, like, someone or to you, Sometimes actually doing that can help you because, like, the parents don't want the cat around, but actually the cat was helping. I see. So what you're pointing to there is that there is a lesson here about not jumping to conclusions, right? That you should take time to try to understand what's going on around you in order to not make the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. So we've got a lesson in the first story about not threatening people. Mm-hmm. You've got a lesson in the second story about keeping your word or karma. 
will, you know, come back to bite you in the butt. And in the third story, a lesson about not jumping to conclusions about the intentions of others, be it animals or whatever, right? Yeah. But that's a really important lesson. mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes jumping to conclusions, like, this isn't going to help you. We're just going to get rid of it. Sometimes people that say, no, I want to, like, do it, and you don't let them, jumping to conclusions like that can actually make it worse for them, not better. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's true of most situations. We have to actually take the time to connect with each other and understand each other's intentions before we make a decision about one another as human beings, right? Like engaging with each other in the real world is not always easy, you know, and it sometimes somebody may seem like they have bad intentions. But in reality, if you take the time to get to understand them, you'll see where they're coming from is a good place. You might take the time to get to know somebody and find out that, you know, all they want to do is hurt people or something. And like, in that case, yeah. your conclusion is right, but at least you took the time to try. Jumping to conclusions, especially about this won't help you. Well, this will help you, especially like sometimes jumping to conclusions like um, you think something happened and you're like, this won't help you. Someone says it will. You just say it won't. Sure, sure, that sure. That sometimes is wrong. Okay, yeah. I see, I see what you're getting at there. Stop and think. Absolutely. So then the lesson here would, from your perspective, would be more about not assuming that you know what other people need. Yes. So don't tell other people what they need because you don't know them, how they should act and what they should do without taking the time to understand their situation. 100%. That's fantastic. Perfect lesson there. So you also said that you were having trouble finding a unifying theme. I think these are great themes from the individual stories if we look at them as capsules. But I think one thing that you were talking about with the second one we can see as a unifying theme for all of them, which is about the importance of keeping your word. If you make a promise, if you put yourself in a situation where you are going to do something for somebody and they know it, you do it. Or even if they don't know it, right? Because in the first story, James Wood's character makes a promise that he won't smoke a cigarette. And then he breaks that promise and his wife gets hurt. And in the second story, evil people break promises and people get hurt. And in the third story, if the cat doesn't follow through with its promise, then Drew Barrymore's character is going to get hurt. Right? Yeah. So you got to keep your word. And I think that's a unifying theme of all three. So so this is terrific stuff. But I really love your individual themes that you came up with for them about not threatening people, keeping your word, and also not presuming that you know what is best for other people. Uh, those are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Great job, man. Thanks. So with that out of the way, let's get rush into the end of this show here, man. Uh, where can our listeners go if they want to support the show? You can go to patreon.com slash wordsalad. Mm-hmm. That supports us and Word Salad Radio. And you can get access to exclusive content there. And then where else can our listeners find us online? You can find us at Twitter at cadaver underscore cast. You can find us on Facebook at the Cadavercast Critters and Creeps Club. Join the club. On Instagram at Cadavercast, one word. 
And you can email us at cadavercast at gmail.com. Awesome. Great job, man. And then, of course, uh, help spread the love of the show if you like what we're doing. Put it out on social media. Help spread the word. That's how we've grown since the beginning. And ratings and reviews, wherever you can rate and review us, that helps too if if you've got the time and inclination to do either of those things. That's also hugely appreciated. So thank you so much for listening. Alistair, you know what to do. You've been listening to another episode of CadaverCast. I'm Mel Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. We love you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Meow. Go with it.